The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Take Cast. Before we get into the meat of this show, I did just want to add a little disclaimer. This is not a usual episode of the show. This is a bonus episode that I recorded with my old Fantasy Insiders buddies, Nate and Sammy. Uh, it's kind of a little reunion for us. Uh, this is a bonus episode of the show that's functioning as uh, the reward for 100 ratings and reviews on iTunes because I put out for mailbag. Uh, I guess I didn't pimp it real hard, but only you know didn't get uh, enough responses to make a worthwhile show. So this is what uh, you guys are getting instead. It's pretty goofy, pretty silly. Um, you know, hope you guys like it. If you don't, don't worry. This is not going to be what the show becomes. And uh, without much further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gilcast. That's right. We're back. It's me, Davis Maddock, Nate Noling, Sammy Reed. This is the combination that you came to know and love over the last two years of Fantasy Insiders because everyone else quit. They quit doing the podcast. They quit writing articles. Nate Noling never got a dime. Never got a dime. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, how many, how many hours did you work for FI? It started off, hey, do you want to help out with this one thing, this two things, three things? All of a sudden, it ended up, we're looking around. Nate, how are you doing five podcasts for free? <laughs> What did, what did I get myself into? Nate, big things coming, man. Big things coming. You know, big don't worry things. about it. Big things on the horizon. So, I'm going to send you a Yeti. I'm going to send you a microphone. <laughs> so if uh, myself, Nate, and Sammy maybe sound a little slap happy, we are currently recording at midnight central time. Um I was supposed to record a best ball version of the Swolecast with uh, <laughs> with David Kitchen at 8 p.m. Central Time. We officially started recording said podcast at about 9.30 Central Time. Uh, we didn't have a plan going into the show, a plan or an agenda, and uh, it took us three separate best ball drafts to finally get into one all together, me, Evan, uh, fantasy ADHD and, and soccer Dave. And not only were we running late on a night when we were scheduled to record this Gil cast, but you guys, Nate, why don't you tell me what your instructions were from David kitchen to record the Roto grinders fantasy, uh, MLB podcast. So, so David sent me the FI sign in login to record the, the RG podcast. So every night when I do the RG podcast, I sign on to Zoom using David at fantasyinsiders.com. So tonight I go in, 10, it's our normal time, 9.30. I go to sign on. Somebody's already in. I log you out. I'm, Davis is texting me, Nate, get off. I'm recording. <laughs> so literally, literally, we're on air recording a, a live fast draft, best ball draft. Me, Evan Silva, Fantasy ADHD, uh, Josh, and, and Dave. And we're 
someone's in the middle of a sentence and all of a sudden the zoom window just closes it's gone it's out there is nothing in the kitchen kitchen knows that we record this podcast at the every same time every night do you think and he's, he's like, given it a second thought I got, guys- I got i got dave potts texted me like when are we doing this thing i'm in colorado with my kids i'm trying to get out i'm blocking everything signing in and out oh gong show I mean, Kitchen Kitchen is like the Forrest Gump of, like, fantasy. I mean, like, like completely oblivious. Nothing. It's <laughs> tilting to me because he messed my entire night up. I'm on tilt. My wife's like, when, when are we going to hang out? I'm like, never. It's never going to happen. <laughs> We're not hanging out tonight. Sorry, no, David yeah. Kitchen kept us from hanging out. Yeah. I told him. He's we going to cost me half my net worth pretty soon. I told him when we were on, I was like, we're recording this podcast with Sammy and Nate. Like, you're going to get dumped on, dude. Like, you were probably already going to get dumped on, but now you're super getting dumped on. What, what do you think has happened to the, like, is, is, is Roto Grinders publicly traded? There's like, what's no happened? Uh, I was going to say, like, what's happened to their stock price since Kitchen came the aboard? The answer is, is that Cal and Cam still have a lot of zeros. Yeah. They're doing, they're doing okay. I'm not worried about Roto Grinders. Fantasy Insiders is its own little entity now. Are you contributing to the, to the uh, seasonal fantasy football content for free, Nate? I, I have no idea. I'm regularly asked. I don't know. There's, there is now a, a third Fantasy Insiders Slack. There's, there's a new Fantasy Insiders Slack. Is, that, is that, Bama a part of it? Because I still get, I still get mentions from random people. I still get, I still, I love getting the mentions from the random FI people. It may, it's, it's still great. And they're the only ones that are going to want to listen to this podcast. Nobody else will understand what's happening. Yeah, this, this is, is, this is going to be the worst of all your podcasts. Like I've listened to a bunch of them. I've really enjoyed them. Uh, I listened to the Bitcoin one, the one with Dink. I mean, I, the one with Evan and JJ, like this has all been great. This is easily going to be the worst podcast of all the, that you've recorded. 100%. This will be the reminder for every, everybody who's listening is probably like, man, Davis really grew up. He grew up over this last season. You know, he went out of the spotlight for a little bit. Now he's all this meta, you know, this. Now he came back as like long haired, like millennial Bill Simmons. Guys, nothing has changed with Davis. Davis is still the same fish that he always was. And this podcast is going to reveal that. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually something we should talk about. I actually am still a giant life fish. However, I have learned one intelligent thing. It's that. I did want to do a podcast. I did want to do something that people wanted to listen to. Um, but the key to that was just having other people talk instead of having me talk. Because when I drive the conversation, I'm going to be like talking about like betting unders in Canadian football league games and losing them, uh, which is something I, I deposited on a new sports book tonight. Uh, mybookie.ag promo code Matic if you're trying to ball out. Uh, <laughs> and, and I did it and uh, I lost my first bet. I bet on the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, m- minus six and a half points over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and they lost outright. <laughs> so that was how that was how my night began. It was, I'm glad you haven't changed, Davis. I'm so glad. Well, I never wanted to. Where are you? Where are you at in your cryptocurrency empire, Nate? Because the when you and I, for people who don't know, Nate didn't know anything about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency before he met me, and then probably over the last six months of the existence of Fantasy Insiders, I was like, "Dude, Nate, Nate, come on, dude, you gotta, you gotta get some Bitcoin, dude." 
You got I think, me and, and, and then and then I came along, and we have our like three-way FI refugee uh, text message thread, and then I was like, "Oh, Bitcoin! That sounds really cool." And being on this text message thread with you guys has probably been the single worst thing for my life bankroll besides getting married. I mean, it's it can't just, be good. It's been a train wreck. No, I mean, I don't. I can't think of a time that I was helped out in daily fantasy, certainly, and definitely has not ever encouraged me to make a smart cryptocurrency trade. I, I mean, I'll say this. I think our fundamental analysis has been great. I don't think, like, the technical side of, the, like, the trading skills has been wise. Like, you know, uh, sometimes I... <laughs> you I don't say, Nate. <laughs> but I think overall, our, our fundamental analysis of Bitcoin has been, has been spot on, Sammy. I think you've learned a lot. I mean, yeah. what fundamental analysis are we really doing, though? I mean, I, I still believe in Safadine Amus' theory, basically. Like, I'm, I'm a convert to the Church of Safadine. I think, I think Bitcoin is, like, the one true money to rule them all. I, I legitimately do believe that. Do you remember I mean, when, when you first started calling me a Bitcoin maximalist, though, and you were still all on this, like, altcoins are going to change like and not like, altcoins i was this, i thought i thought that i thought that ethereum i thought that ethereum ethereum's gonna ethereum's gonna be the, the smart <laughs> it's gonna change the world well mate. okay no mate, have you ever heard vitalik this dude's a genius this dude's a genius he is but the thing is is smart contracts when you first hear about it you're like oh my god this is amazing and then you realize that smart contracts in like an enforceable way, like don't even exist. It, it's like, it's like total fantasy. It's literally billions of billions of dollars in market cap. That's just literally throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. And when it doesn't work, you just rechange, you change all of the rules and try again. Hey, do you guys, do you guys remember my verge coin phase? Well, you were, you were, you were high, you were high on verge coin because, because some pornography site was going to start letting you buy porn with it. That's right. Yeah, I thought I thought this was going to change the world. I'm like, oh, money for porn. So, so that lit. was that was clearly the worst opinion that's ever been stated. That was <laughs> Sammy, I, I did not Sammy tell thought you. He had inside by. news. <laughs> Sammy thought he had inside news. This was as good as when Davis had inside news on Cole Beasley. I did. I had I had a buddy texting me, and he's like, "Bro, the Verge guys are meeting with this company in Montreal right now." The guy's texting me, and he says it's going to go a couple bucks a coin, and I'm like oh snap this is it this is the big break and i like bought a bunch of verge and uh yeah lost like a third of a bitcoin on that is there anything more pathetic though than ripple fanboys like i actually think ripple fanboys are one of the worst fan bases of any online thing that exists because it's like being a fan of banks but you get that on twitter people come at me with ripple well no one talks about cryptocurrency on twitter anymore like I, <laughs> when I scroll my timeline, no one's talking about Bitcoin. No, yeah. I, but I want everyone to know I have not sold a penny's worth of any of my cryptocurrency and I refuse to. Yeah. My long-term outlook on Bitcoin hasn't changed at all. I think the space is just starting to realize that there's a whole lot more scams and there does have to be some, I mean, everything has been vaporware. The stuff that people put their money into without realizing like what Ripple is. I mean, it was mind boggling when, when, it whip, when Ripple went on that run. I remember just sitting there staring at my computer, just tilting all day long of how much money was being made on this scam. What, what bags are you currently holding, Nate? 
I got some good ones. I'll pull up my block folio. We can we can compare. I was gonna say, are we gonna do this? Yeah, Sammy. Also, I want you to pull up your block folio. We gotta talk oh, about no, this. I, I'm I'm all I'm all Bitcoin now. I converted. Hundred percent. I'm like I'm never making another trade again because so, I am <laughs> the world's biggest crypto fish. So I have, I got Ubik is probably my biggest like altcoin bag right now. I, I bought in. I have 230 QSP. Okay. Which is now worth $16. (laughs) (laughs) Do uh, do you just keep that on the exchange because you don't care about it getting hacked? Oh, that's that's on my Binance account and it's never come (laughs) off. And if it get if it gets hacked, it gets hacked. Like that is is not going in the hard wallet. (laughs) No. You think I'm creating space in my ledger for quant stamp? No. (laughs) Definitely, you get. I think you get five slots. Quantum did not make the list. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, now is the time to buy these coins because these things are bottoming. No, up. this is oh, this is professional investment advice. Do not go out right now and start acquiring altcoins. If no, Davis, this is the time when everything is bottoming out. We're seeing things below their April lows. We're th- seeing things that haven't hit their lows until like, I mean. I mean, transfer coin. This thing is like bottoming out to its like. Hey, Nate, Nate, what was the coin? What was the coin when you first found out about <laughs> cryptocurrency that you did all this research? You know what it was like? It was like when my friends first found out about Daily Fantasy when we were in college and they would like send me Trigged. a line. It was triggered. <laughs> Triggers. <laughs> so Nate found this coin that was supposed to. It was a gun safety coin. Yeah, it was, it was gonna like, revolutionize gun safety. <laughs> I was like all in, all in. He, he found it was gonna, <laughs> it was gonna change the way that people owned and stored their guns. And it was like when you have that friend who finds out you play DraftKings and sends you a lineup, and then they're in like three dollars worth of lineups, and then they they change it, and then they ask you again like an hour later, like, okay, but. What if I put in Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton instead? Like, that's literally exactly what it was. Yeah, I went through a phase where I looked at every altcoin every day. And I was just, yeah. And then I realized half of it is just... And you just, you just like, stay up all night, like, looking at charts and graphs and watching this update, right? Well, because yeah. Nate, Nate drinks... He, he's estimated up to 100 ounces of sugar-free Red Bull per day. Oh, my God. I mean, we need to spend at least 10 minutes on this. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say 100 ounces is, on the higher end, I would say minimum 72 ounces a day. Minimum, I would say I would have nine cans of the. When eight. is the last time you drank a glass of water? <laughs> I still go out to eat. Like, like I'm not a – I still go out to eat. You don't bring sugar-free Red Bull with you when you go Man. to dinner? Nate, going to Taco Bell does not count as going out to eat. <laughs> yeah, you can wash down a volcano burrito with a sugar for Red Bull if you so choose. Guys, I have a social life where I have to look like some sort of normal adult and I have to be able to eat normal food and like get a meal. Like I can be. But how are you not just like, sh- like, do you not, do you- Nate, I don't think you co- really comprehend how much Red Bull, 72 ounces of Red Bull is. No, Dude, I, I, mean, I literally, rat poison I literally have to buy 
buy it in bulk and ship it from Amazon. I buy like four, uh, 24 packs a week. I don't even think I drink that much. I don't even know if a hundred percent, if I drink 72 ounces of water a day, I would say minimum 72 on the upper end. It's over a hundred ounces. That is, that is wild. Davis, I have some odds for you and I want you to to tell me the sharp side of the bed. Did you come prepared? Did you like have notes for these odds? I just, I just wrote some down here on this little sticky. Give them to me. All right. Does Nate live until 30 years old? Minus 110. So I would take the yes, just because modern medicine is so good that if he does have a heart attack or some sort of liver failure, they'll plug him into a machine and figure it out. Well, that's my next question. How will Nate die? Okay. Nate, Nate dies of, of chronic heart failure in his 40s. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have heart failure slash heart attack at minus 250. I have diabetes at plus 300. Sugar-free. I have old I have old age at plus two thousand. <laughs> Those are that is that is that is yeah, that is the that is the fish bet. They're they're trying to get you in. They're trying to get you in there. Yeah, that's that's a bad bet. Nate, I how did this habit begin? Just because you don't like to sleep? Well, I mean, it started when I was like 15, 16 years old. You know, I, I so badly wanted you to say around when Fantasy Insider started and we could blame this all on David. <laughs> right when I met Saturday. <laughs> like, no, I, I was mean, doing all this work for free. I just had to stay up late. <laughs> no, I was started probably when I was 15, 16 years old, drinking a little bit here and there, like energy drinks. And then I don't know, like the older I got, the more I got into like statistics and other things. And the more I got serious about like my profession, like, I ended up, I used to, I still do. I work like, there are some weeks where I work 80, hundred hour weeks and I get home and I'm like, I got to analyze baseball till 4am, 3am. Well, do you have to analyze baseball? I I mean, I got to, and then you got basketball, football. I mean, so it's like, I end up like, I don't want to spend more than three hours or four hours. Like when I sleep for more than six hours or five hours a day, it feels like I've wasted time. When is the last time you slept eight hours in a night? Um, Probably last week. I mean, we went up to the cabin at 4th of July and I was, you know, exhausted after like the lake day. And know. how amazing did you feel in the morning when you woke no, up? No, I feel gross when I sleep that long. It's like, man, I just wasted. Dude, one of the, jo- like a joy of being alive future, has been the, gone from you. In the future, not only do I think like soylent and food and everything will become much more, but I think sleep, I think there's going to be a pill that does the effects that you have from a body perspective like like sleep provides and that you're going to be able to intake it in a pill form. And I will do that 100% and just have to waste time on sleep. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this for a minute. I think about this a lot. You know, we, we think of like things that our parents did and we like laugh and clown them, you know, and, and I think a lot about what will our kids or our grandkids clown about this generation. Like they find out we slept for 10 hours a day. They're going to be, they're going to be like, that's so inefficient. You can, there's so many more hours in the week. Science understands very little about sleep though, Nate. They, there, there's, there's a lot of things that they do not get about what happens to the brain while sleeping. But like 30 years ago, what we would have thought about like limbs and prosthetics and other things. There's so many things Listen, that modern you're not medicine. Gonna, you're not going to get into an argument with me where I understate the effects of modern medicine. I'm like, I'm like the king of like, by the time we're 80, it's probably going to be an option to live forever. However, I do think you are seriously damaging yourself of getting to that stage of modern medicine. Because what we do know about sleep right now is that costing yourself sleep is 
it's worse than smoking cigarettes. It's, it's, I, I, have, I have an article up right now that's called 15 Horrible Things That Happen to Your Body When You Don't Get Enough Sleep. And yeah, it's, and it's basically describing bad. Nate. Like, there's not a picture of Nate, but it's like, you'll get intense jug, junk food cravings. You'll have worse judgment. You know, that'll, that'll be that altcoin that Nate lost all oh, of No, it'll be, it'll be the I, Mickey Cabrera all of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Your blood sugar goes haywire. This is the, this is the, the Red Bull effect. I mean, this is all, this is all. No, I, no yeah. if you actually want to be real, caffeine does have like a actual, like it focus. There's a, mental like i Nate, i i am switch to sharper meth. i am sharper on red bull than i am without red bull someone needs to get you introduced to chewing tobacco <laughs> <laughs> that like, is the first time i've ever heard that advice then you will not be the golden soccer dave's golden boy anymore you'll be in davis maddox shoes I'm, chewing dude, tobacco I'm, on dude, I'm, I'm off of it bro. The microphone. i'm off of it all of it are you Mm-hmm. Congrats, dude! That's awesome. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty clean living these days, honestly. The opposite. I'm doing the. I'm getting enough sleep. Meditating. You're like Bizarro, Nate Noling. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all of the things that are very good for centering my mind and body. And Nate is just like running Excel spreadsheets on Statcast data until 4:30 a.m. when he's got to work at six. Okay, I've done like seasons where it's like I'm gonna go without Red Bull for like a month, and it's just like. I realize it's not beneficial. It's like, what's the point of living if you can't have just Red Bull coursing through your veins? I actually, I actually, why don't you just take Adderall? Ooh. If it was like legal to take a, like it's prescription and I don't have a prescription. Nate, you could get an Adderall prescription. I don't go to a doctor. I don't go to the doctor, period. Oh my Um, God. This is, when's when's the last time, when's the last time you saw a physician, Nate? Like just a physician. I mean, when I broke my leg a couple of years ago, I mean, but I don't go to like a doctor for like checkups. What do you think Nate's internal organs look like right now? <laughs> like soup. <laughs> you guys, you guys are ridiculous. At the end of the day, if Adderall was like a legal substance that I could go like buy at Walgreens, it would probably be cheaper than the amount that I'm spending on Red Bull. I'd probably do the same. I'm telling you, you should go to a doctor and just explain. You should just be like, look, I work a very high stress job. I do not sleep a lot. I understand it's not good for my health, but it's a choice that I'm going to make. I think the Red Bull is probably bad for a lot of my organs in ways that I'm not considering. Can I get a prescription Adderall? I think I think that if you met an, a, a doctor who would have an adult conversation with you, that I truly Davis, think I'm not better for you. <laughs> I, I'm not going to have a conversation with you about taking an illegal <laughs> prescription. Nate, on a scale of one to 10, how scared of you are, are you of getting a physical? I'm not That's scared be- of it. It's just no, worth- 11. Yeah. No, I actually told a girl, there's a girl that I'm interested in who actually told me that my lifestyle causes her anxiety when she thinks about a long-term relationship. It causes me anxiety when I think about it. Her, and I straight up told her that if it would help her anxiety, Anxiety, I would go get a checkup and it would be my first checkup. I, I, okay. We, if you let's set some lines right now, what is the line <laughs> on Nate's? What is the line on Nate's blood pressure? Sandy Reed. Oh, I'm not oh worried God. about blood so- pressure. I'm worried about like the, whatever the internal organ is that has to process the amount of caffeine your, and other that things. Would be, like that. that would be it's your liver and your kidney. Liver. Yeah. It's either kidney or liver that I'd be more concerned. Do you, about. Do you take a lot of, do you take a lot of Tylenol? No. 
I used to, when I had my uh, car accident and I messed up my leg really bad, I had, I was on severe, um, yeah, hydrocodone you know, drugs and stuff. for a long time. It, I mean, it was probably 10 or 11 months. Um, for, I mean, it was all prescribed, obviously, but, um, that scared me. You know, I thought I, I was going to have liver damage after that. So add to that. So you know, that scared years. you about liver damage, but, but just like pumping whatever is in Red Bull into you every day. Your body's not built to handle these chemicals, man. Dude, I don't think you know what's in sugar-free Red Bull. It's not that bad. It's just like unicorn dust. And <laughs> Let's, okay, Nate fascinating radio please read the ingredients to me of sugar-free red bull and if you can define greater than 50 percent of them we will move on from this conversation and we will never bother you again look rat okay. poison is definitely in the top five read it off okay carbonated water big whoops Good citric start. acid taurine sodium bicarbonate okay, what's taurine please define taurine for me taurine is a branch chain amino acid bro it's in like <laughs> sodium like you want to go take bca powder like in pro like you know you put it in like a pre-workout or whatever yeah i do taurine. take that okay well it's got taurine look it up um sodium bicarbonate not sure what that is that doesn't sound terrible uh magnesium caffeine this one I don't know. Acyl sulfatane K. Yeah, probably good for you. Aspartame. Yeah. Ask K. Aspartame. Definitely no one's ever found anything wrong or cancer causing or harmful about aspartame. Um, calcium panthamate. Healthy. Asbestos. Um, vitamin B12, xanthan gum, natural and artificial flavor slash colors. It's not that bad for you, bro. Yeah. It's no, five it calories. It's, it's a health food drink, I would say, more than anything. There is more. <laughs> I always tell people, I, there is more vitamins that I piss going to the bathroom once than most people intake in a day. You know, another way to take vitamins, and not just B vitamins, is actually just to take a multivitamin in the morning when you wake up. How would I get my, I mean. Look, Your sodium bicarbonate? I don't know. Yeah. Caffeine. I ha there have been times when I've just taken caffeine powder and water and stuff, but it's not the same. There's like a mental, there's a mental aspect and there's also an obvious like addiction towards the ingredients. Oh, interesting. Ingredients in Red Bull that I have a, uh, I can't believe you just spent 10 minutes on this. This is a waste of time. Nobody so, so I thought maybe something to do that would be fun that could help spark some memories was we could go through old reviews that never got read <laughs> on the old Fantasy Insider show. Yes, please do this. This page is still please. live on please. iTunes. And so I'm just going to go through and kind of whichever ones uh, are good will get read. And if they're, if they're not, then they're also not going to get read. Uh, so here, here is a, a good one. This is one of the last really long ones. If you're looking for a high-quality, in-depth, research-based analysis of MLB DFS, then look elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on, and there's more talk about all of the other things, but I don't really care about that. But that just seemed about as... Because that was a five-star review, but it was basically just letting anyone know if you want to win, this is not the place to go. So accurate. That was that was a that was a decent one. There are a lot of I think Kitchen probably paid FI members to do some of these, if I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he didn't pay anybody anything. 
I'm going to say he offered to send him a shirt. He said, you know what, there's, there's big things coming, and you can be a part of it if you just leave a review. I think he, I think he got a couple out of that. So we have a, a one-star review. If you follow the advice of any of these guys, you will finish dead last, <laughs> which was just classic because the, guess what month that was in, if you had to guess. Uh, uh, last month? August? April. So it's just it's just like there's no football going on. It's just like end of the NBA season when I'm totally checked out. And no, Davis totally checked out is is August baseball when he literally hasn't looked at anything in months. June baseball, homie. Oh my god, I can't believe that part of my life used to be talking about the performance of individual baseball players in the month of August. Well, you were my favorite baseball about- analyst. I'll be I'll be honest with you because you never knew what you were gonna say. And it was I always, never knew what I was going to say. No, you just mix up players. You had no idea who was left-handed or right-handed. You're just like, I didn't know. I didn't know the handedness, but I didn't know much that more. Is factually Davis, incorrect. You would mess up names. You wouldn't know what team. You wouldn't know if people were injured for weeks on end. Okay, like, so at, at least one minor league player per show. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come. Clear. There'd be people who would get DFA'd, and you would mention them a month later. Well, I'm sharp like that, but. <laughs> By the time that you guys became full-time Fantasy Insiders people, I had quit caring about fantasy two years before that because I just got burnt out, man. (laughs) I just got burnt out of playing DFS every day and of talking about DFS every day, and I, like, needed this time away from podcasting and from David Kitchen to, like, have the love for it again. And now I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm all in on fantasy. I play a lot of slates and a lot of stuff. And I like betting on sports again and it's way more fun. But like by the end of fantasy insiders, I, I like could not be paid to play fantasy. I hated it. Look at Davis, give me, give me a take on how you think sports betting is going to affect the DFS landscape. My, my primary take is contrary to what a lot of people think, but I actually think it's going to be kind of a, a semi disaster for daily fantasy because a lot of people a lot of people lose at fantasy anyways and they just do it for entertainment purposes and it's like do you know how much easier it is to click lions minus 3 than it is to be like all right in this in this lions vikings showdown slate i got to get matt stafford in i got to get the- by the way a joke that we made on the show like 2 years ago when they introduced arcade mode was one game fantasy and how much i would love it and let me tell you I love showdown (laughs) showdown is the worst thing to happen to competitive balance and fantasy. And I just could not eat it up more. Love showdown. Anything that dials the variance up and lowers the skill (laughs) aspect. Davis, Just just pushing all the chips into that. I'm actually on board with this take Davis. I'm fully on board that. I think a lot of the just recreational DFS players are going to check out a DFS because it is easier to just bet on games just like you're saying, then it is to choose seven or eight players and look at DVOA and, you know, look at air yards and like all that stuff. It's, it's so much work. You can just be like, yeah, I, I, I like the Steelers. Let's go. Yeah. Like that, like, Oh, I I want to root for the Steelers. I like the Steelers. Yeah. The thing, the thing is though, is that fantasy football is so much more fun than watching just one game of football. Watching one game of football is, is pretty horrible. Well, that's why you got to bet on all of them. Nate, have you ever placed like a real sports bet in your life on a sports book? Yeah, I've used uh, Bovada. 
We're a, we're a mybookie.ag family here now. <laughs> well, that's good because Nate's about to deposit some money on that with the promo say. code Matic. Promo, yeah, code, I mean, I, promo code Matic. Yeah, I used to, you know, uh, in baseball, I would do team totals and overall game totals. So I'm, I'm about 50 reviews back right now. And guess, guess the, the percentage of, of, of reviews that say that Paul Millsap is a walking triple-double? 30%? See, I, mean, I mean, it's like literally everyone. Like, every, Sammy like, doesn't know what we're talking about because Sammy would only do baseball. Sammy, you don't remember. Me and David said to do basketball podcasts every freaking night. Like literally no, I don't, I don't every, every night for like, every freaking night for like six months. We break down these slates. It was brutal. And that sounds Nate, terrible. Nate, uh, he called for one time. He was just, we were, he was mad at me and we were arguing and I got him to get like super riled up. And he just told a blatant lie. He, he said that this player named Paul Millsap was a walking triple double. And we looked it up on the air. And I think he had like two in his whole career. Here's the thing you got to realize about NBA is Davis doesn't like have nuanced takes at all. Oh, that's so actually I would say not true like, now. I would say things like Jokic. Is gonna is like one of the best passing big oh, men. Oh, that's actually and you would be, and you would go, what? No, he's not. Marcus all and I'd be like, Davis. Literally, I'm telling you, he is. Or I would say like Al Horford is the most versatile. And I would say things that are sharp, that were ahead of their time, and Davis would get off like and just never. And then six months later, Davis would be like, Oh, Jokic is the best passing I'm big. Still, in the game. I, by the way, while we're here, Horford I'm is still- versatile. Horford is this. Uh, Isaiah Thomas can put a point. I mean, anything I would say, Davis would repeat it six months later. Oh yeah, your I Isaiah mean, Thomas Josh takes are looking great right now, Nate. Oh my. Okay, it was <laughs> the guy. The guy. The guy gets traded twice and signs a four million dollar extension to be a backup to Rondo. <laughs> okay, I've had some misses, but <laughs> most wrecked. of my NBA takes were sharp. <laughs> yeah. This is this is by far and away the worst podcast. Like you should not post this. Day. this I'm going so to. I'm going to. But what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to post this as a bonus episode. I'm just going to. I'm going to show the amount of like <laughs> listens as it just jumps off. So, of the worst. Worst so what thing I'm going to. So for every 100 episodes, I'm going to do some sort of bonus for the listeners, whether it be a bonus show, a giveaway of something, and I was going to do a mailbag show. But no one asked questions. So, oh my god! Can, can imagine, imagine, Nate, Nate. Can imagine you listen real quick. Yes, Davis. When he started this whole thing three months ago, four months ago, whatever it was, literally said, "Guys, if you want to do a podcast, we'll call it the Gilcast." And he did this mock up, and we looked at him and said, "Davis, you can't call it the Gilcast. That's what we call the RG thing." And then he said, "Okay," sent it back to some dude online. Comes back with a D in the middle of it, and then says, "Okay, I'll call it the Take Cast." Next thing you know, he starts recording these episodes with a bunch of random people, and all of a sudden, it's nowhere near what he thought it was going to be, and it's actually great. Yeah, well, it's actually good. Originally, this was going to be what the podcast. Yeah, it was going to be. It was going to be three. That. How brutal! <laughs> it's it would be a lot worse. But I, I what happened is, is I did that episode with Dink. And and I wrote up this agenda for the show with Dink where I was basically just like, where's LeBron going to go? What should the Celtics do? Like all of this, like, I mean, kind of interesting, but overall kind of. Can we of, talk about LA for a minute? Yeah, in a little bit. Okay. In a bit. But I did that show with Dink and I was like, wow, it's way more fun to just 
ball out and like talk like, oh, if I want to have the author of the Bitcoin standard on, I can. If I want to have some minor league soccer players on, I can. Like I can just do whatever I want. This is way this is it's way better. Yeah. I mean that was my idea, which is and this is this is the most arrogant thing I could ever say. But my idea was for it to be like the millennial BS report. Yeah. It, that's what like, it is. And it's actually it, it is actually good. Like Dude, I loved it when you had Brandon McCarthy on. I ate that up. I listened to that thing twice. That guy's a ledge. That guy is a ledge. Yeah, he's a goat, dude. I'm hearing about Clayton Kershaw playing fantasy football and stuff. I'm like, this is what I want out of a podcast. Everybody does fantasy podcasts. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, 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 and I mean this in the nicest way if you're listening to this, but your fantasy football podcast is never going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about it. (laughs) Sorry about it. I mean, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And that doesn't mean that there's not value. This is the guy who just got done recording a fantasy football best ball draft in freaking July. Well, that's, that was, that's, that was, that was Kitchen's fault. That's, that was his dude, idea. That's, that's how he makes the capital to get that altcoin money. Well, here's the thing. This currently, as this show exists, has generated no money for me. You don't say. Oh, actually, that's not true. That's not, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, the boy, the the man, Pat Mayo, paid dollars for advertising. So ball oh, out. Good. Yeah, Mayo's yeah. a goat. Yeah, I mean he's a goat. And actually, the episode with Mayo was amazing because he doesn't ever really talk about himself on his show. And he, yeah, he just talking. has interesting people on to talk about. I, let me let me ask you this. Let me get this take about DFS. How much longer does DFS last? Oh, it's got a while. It's like poker didn't die even when Black Friday happened. Like poker's still alive. It's like it's like making a little bit of a comeback here. I mean, it, we're close to like poker making a real comeback if the sports betting stuff uh, alters the UIGEA. Yeah, I've dude, I've I've put in sixty like sixty live hours in the last month. Yeah, so like by the time like you're fifty five, you might be able to play on Poker Stars again. <laughs> play <laughs> like three years from now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, dude, I just want to, I just want to live long enough to where they can plug me into a virtual reality machine when I'm like sixty. And I can live out the rest of my days just in some alternate universe. Like, I'm fully into that. That's my life goal. All right. So here's, here's another good review. And it's long. And it's the, by the way, it's titled, The Pod is a Walking Triple Double. Oh, and it's, it's numbered. But number two is, I usually get a good laugh from you fellas, even if Davis recommends by far the worst plays. Decker, Augustine, and Lavert seeing 13 minutes a game. And criticizes Vince, who is going game theory optimal, and Nate, who is borderline game theory optimal, touting the walking triple double. Millsap, still pretty borderline good. Borderline game theory. This is amazing how many of these uh, reviews mention the walking triple double because that was something that was mentioned on one show. Dude, Davis, we got listens, man. Dude, you want to hear something? When cool. you got me tilted, people love people loved for it. Some yeah. That that Fantasy Insiders channel has three million listens on Podbean. There's no way it does. Your so your fantasy football podcast will make it. Apparently, don't, don't listen to it. You guys don't understand. Fantasy Insiders started like none of this other stuff existed. Fantasy Labs did not exist. Daily Roto did not exist. How did you get involved with FI? How did you get sucked into this? Do you guys not know this story? I don't. This is like amazing. So I started my own blog when I was like 18 and I was like, <laughs> Sports Wonder Kid. Sports Wonder Kid. <laughs> yeah. 
and I was like writing like film. Alshon Jeffrey, break it down. <laughs> like, no, not even Alshon Jeffrey. Like D two pro, like Marcus Wilson for when he when he went to Washington State. Like I went deep diving. You ran him through like the Rotoviz screener, and you're like, this guy's gonna be fire. Your boy, your boy was also a founding member of Rotoviz. Like one of like the first six or seven guys. So Wait, suck are, it. Are, are you still are you still getting some scroll from that or no? No. Because no. fr- the guy who founded it is like a genius. And he was like, I will just give people a percentage of the subscriptions they sell through their articles. So it heavily incentivizes guys to pump out an article every day. And if you stop writing, you're like, that's it. You're not getting any more subs. You're not getting any more money. Shocker, Davis hasn't gotten subs in years. It's a a, a fantasy football Ponzi site. That's great. (laughs) So I wrote wrote, um, an article. uh, No, I was doing a a take cast earlier today with Rich Rebar, and I don't know when you're listening to this if that'll be out yet or not, but I went back to go look at my articles that I wrote, and like some of the guys I wrote about in, in July of 2014 are just amazing. It was like to- Toby Gerhardt is your zero RB savior was like one article headline that really stuck out to me. That was pretty good. It was definitely but, some Stephen Hill takes, right? Stephen Hill still could make it. <laughs> I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, David Kitchen. Kitchen. So, so one day this account with like 98 followers called like whatever David Kitchen's non-personal account but like business account in 2011 was tweets at me and is like hey man are you interested in picking up a new writing gig and at that time I was probably writing stuff for like six different sites or whatever just because I was trying to get my name out there and I was like "Mm, probably not that interested and then he messages me back again and says it would be paid so I'm like okay and that's how it started it literally started like and like I'm writing for this sport, fantasy fantasy And I don't even remember exactly what, but I remember at some point I was doing like MLB picks articles for Daily Fantasy, despite not having any idea really what it was. And like I remember the first time I remember when David Kitchen called me to tell me about the site that would become Fantasy Insiders. Because David David was was a Roto Grinders OG. And so he had this like big plan to like break from RG and start a competitor. <laughs> <laughs> and he I calls the video of this of Davis just dying. <laughs> and he calls me, and I remember I'm si- I was sitting on the porch at my dad's house, and he was just going on and on to me about you know how exciting big thing <laughs> <coming. laughs> that was coming. And I didn't really know what I was signed up for, you know, but he was like, yeah, we'll pay you like yada yada. And I was like, yeah, no, that's cool. Because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that playing fantasy was fun. And and um, I another very fortunate thing that happened is David was staking me around that time. And that was back when the games were really beatable. So I was just like smashing. And like, I don't, I don't think... I just remember doing really well in NBA back then and like splitting it with David and it just being this like, and I was like, David's great. Fantasy is great. Love and life. This is amazing. You know, just that was kind of, you just hit the nuts. (laughs) (laughs) 
people don't know this. People don't know this. Fantasyinsiders.com, first daily fantasy website to have an optimizing tool with projections. That is 100% true. That yeah, concept. That's that, pretty fire, too. That concept, and it was, they were above average projections, I will say. They were not great, but they were like certainly, the, it was, we were all at um, FSTA in 2014 in San Francisco when we, when we first had it and the projections were like good. And we were all sitting in the hotel room, like refreshing the optimizer and adjusting percentages and stuff like, and of course, I mean, you know, the rest is history as they say, as they say, (laughs) I want to get, I want to get Tuttle and, and Dave to do, you know, 30 minutes on the oral history of fantasy insiders. I would, I, that should be the bonus episode. Cause think of, think of if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to a hundred podcasts with Davis and this is the bonus episode. This is like your reward. I mean, I, I would just, I would just shut Well, this down. is a bonus listening, episode because this episode's not about anything. All the other episodes have Davis listening to Davis and, and, and Tuttle tilt soccer Dave would be just gold. I yeah. actually think, I actually think gold. David might get kind of sore about it though. I don't know. If, I don't know if he would actually really want to do it. He's a sen- he's kind of a sensitive lass, isn't he? Well, it's not that. It's just like David worked really hard, you know, and and we all did. I don't want to. I don't want to say that like a lot of us worked really hard on Fantasy Insiders, and you know, kind of. It was rip, just kind of. We rip on David a lot, but at the end of the day, David was an entrepreneur and did an incredible job. I mean, and what he, he it's not did, like his idea was business. bad. Clearly, there was money in the space. Like Fantasy Labs is worth you know, millions of dollars. They have their deal with the action network. Um, you know, these sites do make money. These sites are profitable. Like, uh, kind of something that killed FI was, I mean, like fantasy labs, the fantasy labs deal sucked for fantasy insiders because David's idea was for FI to be the tools site. He's probably going to get mad at me if he ever listens to this. And if he does, Uh, David, or he won't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and if he does, David, I'm sorry. But yeah, and and this is not this is I don't think any of us are begrudging Fantasy Labs either. It's just they had a ton of capital. They came in, their product was great, people liked it. It's kind of a no like it was a no-brainer. Fantasy Labs was better than FI. The thing that we had to offer was the community aspect. Um but when the site started fracturing off and people were, you know, it, really when Lafayette left, it was just like Dave, David also understood, though, that it was about the personalities. And the only reason people actually tuned into FI, you know, once all the other sites came around was because of the personalities. And, I mean, no other, no other, no other company was doing a podcast that allowed their host to screw around and just talk about life for 20 minutes like we would. Like, it was – David was sharp. I don't I, actually I, know I, if that's true. I, don't, I've, I haven't listened to a daily fantasy podcast for one of the big four sports since I used to listen to Dan Box solo morning podcast none of them, during baseball none of them, season. None of them were hosted around personalities the way that uh, people tune into the Swolecast, people turn into – FI became about the personalities, and I think that's what David was right on. I mean, that's why FI had the loyal following. that. It yeah, did. I mean, David has a lot of shortcomings, but it's not to say that he's not sharp and, like, not – he's a smart guy, and he, he always does figure stuff out, and he works really hard. Um, so, so I think some of the hating – probably goes too far and i'm definitely guilty of it it does go and i'm also trying to cover myself up from the fact right now that like people are probably going to be mad at me for just talking about all that inside the industry stuff and if you are i'm sorry 
So whoever's listening, if you're mad, I'm not talking bad about anyone. Everyone did the best they could. (laughs) (laughs) You're seeing genuine Davis Maddock right now. Well, no, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about the end of FI without pointing fingers when it, it's all, it was a lot of things, a lot of things happened. And it wasn't re- it wasn't David's fault. It wasn't Tuttle's fault. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It just it happened. The best the best thing was that farewell show that we did when we got like seven people on. We had me and you and like Dan Strafford and Laffey. I mean, that was just a goat show. Well, do you remember? Do you remember that we just quit doing the podcast for like five days before that? <laughs> like, people were like, where's our MLB picks, dude? Everybody was so. <laughs> And then, Black and then Luis, Luis went to <laughs> By the way, FI got sold. <laughs> he gave it away. Kitchen came in and it had to say, well, you guys already heard from Luis, but we got <laughs> And Luis, who's like the nicest person in the world, is like, oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I didn't know. <sighs> I didn't know I wasn't supposed to say nothing. Good memories, guys. What? No, I have I have exclusively good memories, dude. I do. I mean, there will never be another another company like FI. I mean, that was that was incredible. I will definitely never work for a company like FI ever again. I didn't know what I was getting into when I started working for FI. Like, I I, you weren't a lead writer, dude. You weren't. Yeah, no, I know. Writer quality. (laughs) I'm EV positive. Oh my god! I forgot how horrible your Twitter handle was. Well, I yeah. had multiple bad Twitter handles. I had I'm Ev Positive, and what was what was the other one? Sammy Decipher. <laughs> what? Egregious. I don't remember that second one. Oh yeah, I I changed that like real quick. Dude, that's like yeah. the worst thing. What does that even mean? You know, a cipher is like a code that helps you. Uh, oh, dude! All right. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Yeah, I had to. That was really bad, and so I went to I'm EV positive, and that was probably oh, so you fixed it. Bottom ten. Yeah, bottom ten Twitter handle, and now I'm Sammy Reed FI, and, and people ask me, "Why don't you be Sammy Reed RG?" And I'm like, "No, I can't change it again. I can't go through four handles. No way." You know what would would have been amazing is if you got the blue check mark when you were Sammy Decipher. And you would you would have just had, never change it. Well, like so, I had Matt Harmon on the show, uh, episode six. If you want to go listen, and he he told me he's like he still has his stupid handle from his site that he started like six years ago or whatever. Like his yeah, the backyard banter. Yeah, so he, he he's Matt Harmon BYB when the dude worked for NFL.com and is working for Yahoo Fantasy now, and he just stuck with it because he'll lose the blue check if he doesn't. Which, how, by the way, they've shut down verification. But some people are still getting them. How how deeply have you looked into this, and how tilted Incredibly are you that you do not have a? Blue I, it's the source of the most tilt I could ever imagine. Like, I need it. I need it. I have so many more followers than other people. People make parody accounts of me. Like, I deserve to have a verified Twitter account. I'm not joking, you. I actually looked really hard into getting verified and sent my like verification two or three times. For the sole purpose, I knew it would just send you on such crazy life tilt. I really wanted this to happen. It put me on tilt when all guys got it. It put yeah. me on real tilt. Like, I'm, like, looking at, like, <laughs> having the blue check, and I'm just, like, I'm so mad. <laughs> you know, and nothing, I'm not, I'm not hating on I'm just saying if it deserves to have the, if, and have the blue check, then I deserve to have the blue check. 
dying. I'm dead. <laughs> and then if I'm EV positive and a blue shaker, we're just well, I think, into depression. I think Loffy has it. Oh yeah, Loffy's got it. So so the, actually, man. this is actually the one that set me off the most. It was when Leone got it. When Leone got it, I was just like, this is not a fair process. However, this is happening is just, it's, it's, it's got to be, because I sent in my license. I sent in everything like five times, Sammy. But, but they make you like send in links. Did you, did you type in sportswonderkin.com? As no, like dude, one of I, your sent in, I sent in like Roto World links. I sent in Roto Wire links. I sent in RG links. I sent in, like, I have stuff in fantasy football magazines and I can't get, like, come on. This is brutal, guys. This is bad listening. <laughs> no, this is good listening. That's not true. No, people, people, the people who made it this far, they, they don't want it to stop. <laughs> I want it to stop. <laughs> is that, are we done? No, no. no I want to talk about basketball. I want to talk about the Lakers. I'll keep going. Yeah, we can talk about the Lakers a little bit, Nate. What's what happened? is so? What did happened? You read the column? No, I did not. I've I haven't read any. So the Brian last... Windhorst had a column that he said that Magic and LeBron met on that Saturday or whatever, and that what's playing out now is specifically the LeBron game plan that he, he wants. Play. He wants Lance Stevenson, and he yes. wants. So that what he, he wants want, that he didn't want to do what we did, what they did in Cleveland which was surround LeBron with a bunch of guys that could shoot, that LeBron would have to be able to be able to um, make offense for, but to get a bunch of playmakers like Lance, like, you know, and be able to – but, like, I just – this is Rondo, Lance. I mean, this looks like a train wreck. So can I defend defend LeBron from a high level real quick? I think I I know the take you're going to spit out, and I think it's the right take. What's, What's the take, Sammy? I think the take is that LeBron knows his own mortality and he knows that he's like 34 years old and he won't be the most elite playmaker in the NBA for the long term. Like at some point it's going to start decreasing and he'll need people who can pick up that slack. So that's definitely part of my take. But the other part is that I think he looked at the cap situation and once Paul George signed with OKC, I think he was like, look, it's just not happening this year. So what we need to do is we got to keep the books clean for next year. And also, Nate, let me float a theory out to you. Kawhi might just be done, man. Dude, I was listening to what pod was it? The Mike Wright and um Do they do they talk about how he hid from the Spurs people? Yes. How he yeah. hid from the Spurs people. Like there's some legit stuff in there that like I mean, once you like competitively are like okay from walking away. And here's the thing. I don't think he's physically done. I think that he is – he's got the yips. He's got, like, the basketball version of, like, the yips or whatever, where, like, he, he does not trust his body. That's what it sounds like to me from everything I have read. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I knew that the Kawhi stuff for the Spurs was weird last year. I didn't it's realize just, it was It's just weird, that though. Depth. That's the yeah. thing. And, it, and if the Lakers just signed LeBron and have basically been, like, we're not trading you Brandon Ingram, no matter what. And if the 76ers have not offered 
like from what it sounds like the six 76ers are like you can have Sarich. Yeah, it sounds like the Spurs are asking for the world and nobody's willing to bite. I don't know, man. And so I think I think Sammy's take is partly right in that he does not want to be the primary ball handler on offense and it's during the regular season. There's a 0% chance he wants to be the primary ball handler during a regular season. That's he, that is he does not want to do that anymore. And I just don't know how you look at today's NBA and say the way that we're going to win is by surrounding us with Lance and Rondo and guys like well I mean LeBron is like notoriously a horrible talent evaluator like the guys he thinks he wants to play with are always bad yeah other than Wade and Bosch I would agree with that which is hard to comprehend because like he's one of the best basketball basketball minds like every time he talks about the game it's like pure brilliance and so it's just amazing that he can watch the game but think about think about the types of players that that they're signing though Lance battler playoff triple doubles like that's what he does rondo i mean every time lebron's played against rondo rondo's been like a mutant alien with like 19 foot arms and that's something that pro players always have a hard time distinguishing is like their experience like like, right they can't they can't see the forest for the trees mm -hmm. right that's i mean and that's a huge thing and think of all the the ex-players that have gone on to be like executives and gms they're all but LeBron's a level of gene. Like he's literally a level of basketball genius that like, it doesn't make sense that he's this bad at GMs. Randy Moss was a football genius. John Elway was a football genius. Those guys are not good executives or GMs. Like Randy, Randy Moss, Moss, Randy Moss John, Elway, John Elway is not. Yeah. I mean, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant football player, it's but hard, I don't, I don't know. I just put LeBron on such a pedestal because like every time he talks, it's just like, the dude's just a genius when it comes to basketball. He's a genius when it comes to life, IMO. September 28th review. Pretty much a worthless show now. Lafayette is stuck with middle school teenagers still going through puberty. Want to hear Goat and Goat a hundred times a show instead of getting useful content, then you might like this show. I'm done. They have no talking about you, David. Product since it basically died a year ago. This was in <laughs> September 2016. Lafayette left and we each kept going for another two years. No, it was less than that. Was it? It was pretty quick, I still man. remember the day Laffy told me he was leaving. I was so pissed. The day Laffy left, I talked to the heads of all the other daily fantasy sites, and I was like, how much will you pay me? I'm requesting a trade. <laughs> Not even. I just wanted to know, like, when kitchen, shutter, when kitchen shutters the doors, where am I going? That was, that was Davis's Kawhi Leonard moment. Right there. It, I was just like, I remember I called Dan, but I called DB. It was like the first time I talked to him on the phone in like four years. And he was like, what, I talked to him and I was like, so, you know, if stuff happens, like, you know, you think there'd be a spot, yada, yada. And then he was like, you know, I really thought you were calling me to see if you, if what I thought about you going to fan vice. <laughs> like you thought I was going to go with Laffy. Which like, by the way, they still grind out. I think I think you guys and Fan Vice are the only ones that still grind out the daily pod. I don't know if anyone else does. We it. put out the RG premium pod every day. Premium. You gotta you but gotta have, pay. But we have Dave Potts on there. Like Potts is legit sharp. Yeah, Potts is sharp. You wanna know what's wild? This podcast it's crazy to know that we had this podcast and then we the next stint is us recording with like a multi-millionaire winner like Dave Potts, super professional, and like and then we get on this show and I go, "This is what we used to do." This is what we used. At least we didn't pay people pay for it. 
This was the, the show we used to do was supposed to advertise the content on the website and get people to go to it and buy it. Because really podcasts are... Podcasts you mean the are, content that you would literally write from my podcast notes that I would send you? Those were good times. <laughs> I can't believe I ever was in charge of writing MLB Daily <laughs> Fantasy advice. Davis, you would literally copy and paste my podcast notes and post them as a premium article. I mean, it was good takes, probably. <laughs> the thing about the thing about baseball is that you you will just learn more from clicking around in a model than you ever could from someone's article. Like, who was I ever helping by writing two paragraphs about why Jose Peraza was a good play at shortstop? Oh, I I hate writing baseball DFS. It's it's the worst. I I can't do it. Like, it's, I don't. It's, I won't the, write it's it. the lowest return on time invested of anything in the world. Yeah, and we From have a that F- standpoint. I don't know how people write. Yeah, and we had that FI daily diamond where you had to oh, write dude. a high price and a mid price and a low price, and I'd like hit, I'd like hit Tuttle up and be like, dude, we got to change this. Like, I can't do it anymore. It's making my brain hurt. You don't even know, man. In NBA, we had Lafayette dreamed up this horrible format where we basically had to write the daily dribble twice. We would write it in, yeah, and the cheat sheets were like exhaustive. And then one time, Lafayette put a penis in the cheat sheets. <laughs> i mean it made it out of slack and, and got onto the cheat sheets because there were like way too many penis pictures getting thrown around in slack for anyway. slack was something else timberwolf bob august 24th these guys just tell their dumb jokes and have their annoying laugh half the show can't stand them especially davis waste of time plenty of other good options without all the nonsense this is a sparkling advertisement for our product yeah i mean they 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 just didn't get the genius of what fi was doing you know I'll I'll, i'll bet this guy continued to listen i guarantee it it was performance art dude the fi shows were performance art 100 percent they were special. Although I will say the fact that you guys have real jobs that you have to go to every day is a bummer because the, the Gilcast it, in and of itself, if we were able to record at a more regular time during the day, you know, when us work from home, people have time, people would still listen. People would religiously listen to the three of us talking about whatever. Do you know the amount of like respect I would lose in my profession if people listened to every one of the podcasts that we used to do? Like, oh my god! Fired I like if if people who like report to me had to like listen to that, like I would never be able to t- be taken seriously in my profession again. Same, hundred percent same. I just I just don't have any interest in like being a professional tout. Like I, I to me that sounds awful. And I mean that's I think not my that's not my job, mate. Yeah, well, what what is your job, Davis? I'm I'm not going to talk about it on the air, but I do have a real job that I do. <laughs> the bottom line is this: is like I I I don't think DFS is going to last that much longer. I, I don't. I think that you know you you talk a lot about things getting solved, and I think that DFS is getting solved to a point where there's so much good information out there, optimizers, projections, etc., and you combine those edges getting smaller with good information being out there with rake going up and then these new options with sports betting. I, I think that's all bad news for DFS. So the yeah, thing- I wish, I wish I had the bankroll that I like back in 2015 when I started playing DFS, the games were so much softer. 
so much softer. If I had the programming and the like statistical knowledge that I have now in 2015, like I think I'd be in a whole different spot from a bankroll perspective. Um, like 2018, it's, it's, it's really difficult to be as profitable as people were back then. DFS used to be so soft that when it first started, I was able to be a winner in GPPs. That was how soft it was. Oh man, the good old days. Like there was this, I'll never forget this. There was a $3 GPP on draft day called the Rose Ruckus that I won like three times in a month just because the games were soft and you could play. Uh, There was, um, that was the year that, Enos Cantor first started starting and Aaron Gordon or not Aaron Gordon um, plays Tobias Harris. He first started and I was just like, this guy is amazing. And he, it was like right at the end of the year. And I just played Tobias Harris every day for like a month and just, just jammed it in. And Monte Ellis had shooting guard eligibility and that was his last productive fantasy year. And I just rode those dudes every night on the, in the Rose ruckus on draft day. This is like 2013. How did actually, this is an amazing question. Nate, how did you find out about DFS? I honestly can't remember the first like, time. Like, how did you that. decide to deposit on FanDuel? Who gets your, who gets your referral money? I have no idea. I can't remember how I first heard of DraftKings or FanDuel. I just remember uh, first it was FanDuel it was football season. I remember that. And then I started playing basketball, um, in 2015, I won the moonshot or something, not moonshot. What was the $3 sharpshooter or something? I won like a $3 GPP for like, like $3,000. And I was like, dude, I'm good at basketball. And I used to be in Excel, you know, this was back in the days before I knew R or any programming or anything like that. Did you, did you learn all this programming for DFS? A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. And then after that, so 2015 was the year I went to Sabre seminar for the first time uh, in Boston. This is why uh, Nate has to remember, drink so much Red Bull. Cause like he, he turned his hobby into going to a seminar in Boston. And I remember coming back and just going like, I have so much to learn. And I dedicated like the next two years to like learning programming, statistical stuff. And just said like, I need to get better at this. Like learning how to get Mickey Cabrera in at first base every day. <laughs> That's what all your learning taught you. And now, and now once you got it, like DFS is like, yeah, DFS is dead. (laughs) Like there are no good games. Yeah. What's, what's the next, what's the next thing that you don't want to be late on? Is it esports? Showdown. Oh, esports. Actually, if you can find a way to invest some of your equity in esports right now, that is actually the next big thing. Dudes is all about it, man. Dude. I had an, I had an esports player on this podcast. I, I saw that, but I didn't listen. No, I didn't listen. I mean, you guys are fish, dude. This podcast is literally, I'm, I am picking out. I was never in DFS all about the money, though. Like, esports, I couldn't, like, care less about esports. Like, Wait, why, why else would you play baseball, DFS? At least with baseball and basketball. Because it was like, like a I enjoy thing the things that It's like, time. competitive. Oh, yeah. I mean, Competition's <laughs> my top strength in, in anything that I Like, you, you would do. rather be. be at it, so. You would rather beat some other tout that you don't like in like a $5 game than win a 109 versus the fish. And Sammy and I are the oh, exact yeah. opposite way. I would yeah. rather, I would rather have a, a big game against someone who forgot to draft a lineup than beat someone good. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I got this from poker. Like there is no, if yeah. you, if you let your ego get in the way, you're broke. only hurting your bottom line. Yeah. You're broke. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to win scratch. Like, that's what it's all about. Maybe, I think maybe that's the difference, Nate, is you didn't, you, like, most people who are really good at Daily Fantasy came from poker and they learned, like, like, look at the guys who were at the top of the lobby when you found out about Daily Fantasy, like Sahil and Condia. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Well, when I first started, Sahil wasn't, like, Max Dullery wasn't a big thing. Like, it was all Condia. Yeah, I mean, and then, when and I then first started, got chased out of the lobby. Yeah, and NBA, NBA was where uh, NBA 2015 was really where uh, Max Dullery started, you know. But Condia was was, yeah. I wasted a lot of money trying to take Condia. I actually, I, I actually, I like, such a fit. I miss, I miss Sawhill. He oh, was, he was a nice guy. I liked him. I wish he still, <laughs> I wish he still hung around. Dude, you should have him on a pod. I I could message him. I don't know. Oh, if he, you, you really should. You really I should. Do, I don't know if you would want to do it. Honestly. I would well, listen to that. He seems well, like a private, pri- more private guy who doesn't want to talk about that. But well, I mean, I, so is Condia kind of, and Condia went on with uh, with who was it, Levitan? Levitan, yeah. and had that had a good conversation over there. Yeah, I I don't know. Also, the thing is, is like I don't want overall the podcast to be hyper specific yeah. for people who. You know, like not that not that that wouldn't be good to someone who found the show through the esports episode or whatever, but like if if for however if this show ever gets on the news and noteworthy page, I don't want the first thing for them to see is like fantasy football. You know. But the thing about Sahil is like his story of like being the best in a very specific niche thing. Like, I I don't know. I think there there's yeah practical... that's 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 interesting regardless of what the niche is. That he also I mean there was a season of like life where he was the number one thing in the world at a specific thing that was a very profitable venture in life. And like, that's a unique story. He also, he also did cover a lot of that. He did a podcast with Joe Ingram. I don't know if you guys ever listened to his show, but he, I think he, no, I can't, I can't deal with Joe Ingram. Like I, I like him, but like, I don't know. I only ever listened to the Sawhill episode cause I was interested in it, but he like, he did most of that stuff. Okay. I always like listening to that stuff of like how the drive and people turns them into stuff like that i think that's us when i was when i first started in fantasy i i just consumed everything about everyone and now i just i i care way less i research slates when i need to but i like i don't i don't listen to fantasy sports podcasts i don't want that in my life enough about dfs let's talk crypto again okay you believe that this bear market is like starting to come to an end and we're going to start on a bull trend or do you think we're going to be in like another year long i don't know how to say for the next six months or whatever but if you're asking me 20 years from now i'm not asking 20 years i'm asking over the next year like i I, I mean we're on a little bit of a bounce i mean over the past week and a half no this is not real no, it, it think, none of it's none of it's real. So if you remember, you think what, we're going to see three K. Here's I I don't know. It's going to hover. Yeah, maybe it goes to three K. Maybe it comes back up. It, it's going to stick in between that wall from where it was when the the big bounce happened and eight K for like the foreseeable future to me. What was the highest that you guys bought Bitcoin at? Oh, do we have to do this? I, I will I will say I bought five hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin at like nineteen five. I kid you not. I kid you not. So that's was, just like vapor now. It's just egregious. Like I should have spent it on hookers and blow, and life would just have been so much better. I guess the the highest. I mean, I here's would... the thing. What's worse, buying 
Bitcoin high or like shorting like stupid altcoins when they were going on massive bull runs? Oh, yeah, Nate, why don't you tell uh, your Litecoin story? Please, this is your best story this is, of this anything is the, you've done in your life. Amazing. So I was a big Litecoin believer uh, from an altcoin standpoint. This is back when Charlie Lee still had his. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I thought Litecoin, like from a um, transactional standpoint, from a throughput standpoint, I thought um, this was before Bitcoin Cash really, really started to like, you know, and, and there really wasn't, it, everything was all about speed of transactions like that. And I thought I used Litecoin for things like that. And I thought Litecoin was a worthwhile and this was back when it was like 40 bucks, you know, 30, 40 bucks. And I bought a lot of it. I think at one point I ended up with like 32 to 35 Litecoin, um, which was a lot, you know, for my bankroll. Um, and when one day I woke up and it had like doubled in price and it was like over a hundred bucks. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Then it hit 150. And I'm like, dude. And I started to learn about margin trading the week before. And so I'm like, I'm going to go short this thing. <laughs> this sounds I, good. So I took 32 of my Litecoin off of the exchange when it was like, like probably 150, like shorted it at like 3X, 5X leverage or something or 10X. I don't remember what it was. Probably 10X leverage. And I just, I got liquidated. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is like at the beginning of Rounders when the Mike McDermott just gets it was, cleaned out by KGB. That's what happened. I was just watching it. And I mean, think about it. Like I, for, for like a six month period of my life, Litecoin was between 20 and 40 bucks. And then one day it was like 200. Like, like that. We're not talking over a three year, we're talking about like overnight Litecoin exploded. So do you guys want to know, do you guys want to know what the conspiracy theory about the price is from like the dark web? Hell yeah. yeah. For Litecoin or for Bitcoin? The other, it's all. I was gonna say, all, Bitcoin the tether, tether injections is is the is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I I'm I'm pretty certain that you're wrong. I think that the that tether was used to manipulate the price. There are there are like a couple professors. Bitfinex at, is not a valid Twitter account to follow. Please. No, don't. Bitfinex is not the one who's coming through with this stuff now. It's like real academic organizations are being like, there was price manipulation directly tied to tether. Because I don't, I mean, I'm not a financial genius, like, obviously. But who were the people who were buying at 19K? Sammy. Who were the people? <laughs> the people who were buying on, on 19K were buying on Coinbase. They were buying on credit. The reason we were starting, we were seeing so many amounts of over leveraged people, people who are 22 years old, people who are 23 years old, buying with credit cards. Two thousand. They were they're maxing out their credit cards, buying Bitcoin at sixteen five, seventeen thousand dollars, eighteen thousand dollars, and then all of a sudden, like that, all of a sudden, crypto, people realizing, crypto used to be fun. It's God, not, do you remember the first time it hit five k? Oh my God! I, oh I my remember, gosh! I remember that day specifically. You guys, do you guys want to talk about when I bought? It. Do you guys want to talk about the, the the catastrophe while we're here? Absolutely. About how the, the, the bet where you, well, lost, just, like, just, I got in, I got in at Bitcoin when it was worth 500 bucks and just fished it all away. I'm like dumb sports bets on nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> like had like a very good, what buyout. was the most amount of Bitcoin that you ever had in one period in time? Like a most amount of BTC. I mean, not a ton. Probably like over 10. No. Over five. No, no. Always, always under one. I'm sure at any time. 
just because I like I was using Bitcoin as a, a method of exchange, not as a store of value. I was moving Bitcoin onto sports books and and stuff like that. Like it was never. I didn't yeah, even I, I didn't even understand what Bitcoin was back when we first started talking about it on podcast. Me, yeah, me my, too. I my, I used it to deposit on a shady online poker site. That was yeah. how like, yeah, like some of my friend like my friend Jordan Case who used to do stuff for FI who I don't like he had Bitcoin even before me because he got really into sports betting and so he like he had Bitcoin when it was worth three hundred bucks probably. Oh, I'm yeah. still a long-term believer in Bitcoin. I think like from a fundamental- Have you, have you read the Bitcoin standard? Did you read Safadine's book? No, I've listened to Safadine's stuff. I haven't read his book. I haven't read much on Bitcoin since like, I mean, I read um, uh, Antonopoulos' stuff. I haven't read much since then from like a book standpoint. Um, Safadine is like a religious leader, man. Like that book, you're just like, I'm ready to sell my feet to get more Bitcoin. Yeah, oh, after I, after I listened to the podcast, I was like, shoot, I got to buy some more. Like Bitcoin's I mean, down. I agree with you. I mean, I agree everything like long term. I just think that I, I made some terrible decisions shorting the most irrational market. And I, I kept trying to tell you guys, you're not smarter than the market. I kept trying to tell you just buy Bitcoin and hold it. And you were like, yeah, but look, if you trade it, then you'll have more Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, if I exchange it into Verge and then Verge goes up and then I get back into Bitcoin, like I'm just going to be flooded with all these BTCs. Yeah, should, I, should I try and sell some of my bags on air to get to to get more Bitcoin? No, don't sell anything right now. You Nate, don't sell Nate I, have 34, I have 34 Stellar Lumens that at this point are worth $6. <laughs> Remember when you thought Stellar I No, because listen, Stellar Lumens was supposed to be Ripple, but good. <laughs> it was supposed <laughs> Is that how they marketed themselves? Well, it was like it was like the version. It was like the version of Ripple that wasn't for banks. It was supposed to be for like third. Like the, here's the thing: all of the coins or tokens, I guess ERC twenty tokens that were supposed to help out people in the third world countries, really overlooked these abilities. The, these people's abilities to access uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, they're not running around with smartphones like with your Coinbase app and shit like that. Yeah, I got some. I got some Arc tokens. That's worth nothing. Those those coins are worth a dollar and forty nine cents now. Is that to like get into movies? What does that do? I don't know. I got a lot. I got. I I went through a phase of, but I got out of a lot of them. Because do you guys remember? The big now is the time to buy altcoins. I mean, if you're gonna, I don't, I don't actually think the the time is now to buy altcoins because, okay, yes, it is the time to buy, but you have no way of knowing which one will spike. No one has. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying if you invest in Bitcoin right now, today, you buy Bitcoin today at sixty five hundred dollars with five hundred dollars or whatever, and then you invest that Bitcoin into altcoins, into two different altcoins or whatever, and you split up your point five. There is like in a year. You will have more Bitcoin and more U.S. dollar than you have than you than you invested today. Well, like, you'll probably have more U.S. dollars if you just invested all of your money that you own in a Bitcoin right now. Because no, the, I mean I think the US alt, dollar I is think, like a big giant crater. Oh, one hundred percent. But I think altcoins in a year from now are going to be above what they are now. They're bottomed out. Most but Nate, there are, there are two thousand altcoins, yeah. and most of them are vaporware. Like who knows? I, I heard on a podcast the other day, a story about an altcoin that they had a story going in their Slack that the owner's house got broken in by samurais and they had to transfer all of the coins that they had over to these samurais or they were going to get Twitter is they got the coins back <laughs> in the end, but they needed to, 
get all the coins back from the people uh, they needed a hard fork so that they could get rid of the stolen coins. And like, but what I'm trying to say is altcoins are a scam. Like 95% of altcoins, like there's not even an actual product. It's, it's just a lie. Yeah. And I mean, it's just ripe for, um, I mean, you can, you can steal and do so many different things. I mean, you guys saw the Syscoin thing this week, right? Syscoin, the Binance API was hacked and the Sys and Syscoin, um, they were able to manipulate it and sell it for 96 Bitcoin. Yeah. One Syscoin, 96 Bitcoin. There was, I think there was like, there was a, a decent amount of coins. That yeah. Got, and this is what is preventing any sort of mass adoption from happening. I don't think altcoin, altcoins are like a fun gamble, but no, not a smart investment. Five years from now, Bitcoin will still be, I'm not, Bitcoin long-term, I'm not, this, this bear season that we've been in doesn't scare me at all. I'm, I'm logging into my Binance account right now. I want to see what Verge is at. You don't, you, you don't have the bag to check on, on Blockfolio anymore? No, no, heck no. I mean, no, literally, I just like, I was, I'm like, I'm so bad at this. I'm just getting back all of it into Bitcoin, putting it in the hard wallet. I haven't even checked the price of Bitcoin in like a month and a half. You know the first person to leave a review on the FI podcast? Uh, Our boy, Ryan Hodge. Hodge? Oh. Nate's Nate's boss. He also left the first review other than me on uh, the take cast. I believe that is, he is a genuinely good dude. What a homie. I like Haji. He, he uh, was one of Lafayette's first writing partners. The Roto Hobo. We did a, we did an episode with Hodge once on that FI show once. And then he never came back. <laughs> yeah. Classic. But he had, but he had us on his pod. Oh yeah. Dude, that that's that's Nate's boss now, Sammy. And he actually I, I and do, he actually paid us twenty bucks to be on it or whatever, and like that was more money than you ever got from David Kitchen for being on any of the FI podcasts ever. Why does RG not have you doing content, Nate? I, I do. I do uh premium podcasts for RG every day. Yeah, that's not what I mean. I mean like why are they not using Written. your like mathematical abilities? David probably has not communicated to anyone in RG that you have an ability to like model and code. I think they know via Twitter or whatever, or my arguments with <laughs> nobody follows you. No one, no, one, Nate, no one follows you and no one cares. <laughs> nobody listening to this pod knows who you are. They probably don't know who I am. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's no dude. Fully accurate. Bitter, bitter jazz fan. And all my, all my FI boys, they know. I oh, there's, there's a lot of FI, you know, former FI people who subscribe to RG or stuff like that. Cause they, they interact with our tweets and stuff. They're the only people who listen to our premium pods. I think. Ohio, Ohio, you Bobcats. Dude, secret Santa still tweets at us. Dudes, man. What a, I actually, I actually still, I actually still talk to dudes cause some, I'm still on the old Slack every day. I'm I, I like, on, I like Ohio. You, that guy's a G. I've met dudes IRL. Have you? Yeah. Me, Dutes, and uh, Bailey. Uh, Bailey, yeah. No way. Did you guys see that Bailey's engaged? Bailey's engaged. Bailey's engaged. Like, Bailey could not buy a date the entire time he was at FI. No, like, his life screamed. was a disaster. And the moment he left FI, everything turned for him. Like, the best moment of his life, I think. The day in FI chat when they, when they photoshopped his girl, like, that was... That was... <laughs> That was one of the most brutal things that ever that happened was, in the history that, of fantasy fighters. That was brutal. 
And and Bustin is like the nicest person in the world. He's so cool. And it was like, that was, that was like not okay. I think that's what we should end on, Davis. Like that memory. There we go. The the memory of of Bustin's date getting David Kitchen's face photoshopped on her. Uh, that'll do it for the bonus episode of the Gilcast. Follow everyone on Twitter at Davis Maddock, at Nate Noling, N O H L I N G, at Sammy Reed F I. Later, dudes.